The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. tonight on the subject of renewed reaction. Renewed reaction. Somebody say renewed Renewed. reaction. Look at the person beside you and say, we're going to renew our reactions. Renewed reaction. You know, if you're taking notes, jot this down. An action, uh, a reaction is just, uh, how do I say this? A reaction, (laughs) if you're taking notes, jot this down. Here we go. Actions lead to reactions. That's what I was wanting to say. Actions lead to reaction. An action, a reaction is just a response to an action. Like you can't have a reaction without there first being an action that elicits the response of the reaction. Now, I know this isn't the most profound statement you've probably ever heard in your life. An action, actions lead to reactions, probably not blowing your mind right now, but it's important that you understand this because so often in our life, we have reactions that do damage to our calling, to our purpose, to the light shining through our life the way it's supposed to because we're not in control of our reactions because our reactions are actually controlling us. It does a lot of damage to us being able to practice the way of Jesus. So if you don't like the reactions of your life, something you need to recognize is that it may not just be the action that's taking place in the moment that's leading to the reaction. It could be if it's a reaction that you're really struggling with and you can't seem to overcome, it could be that there is a deep-seated issue somewhere in your past. Something has happened somewhere that is now leading to the reaction that is now coming out in the moment. Are you tracking with me? I don't know about you, but in my life, I am not always 100 in my reactions. Like There's been many moments in my life. I look back at the history of my life and some of the failings of my life, times in my life when I've reacted out of frustration because I'm frustrated. I react in a way that is not, it's not in tune and in line and in agreement with God's will, God's purpose for my life. Um, there have been moments of frustration, moments of fear, moments of, of anger, moments of, of where, where I do things that fall short of the glory of God. I do things that are well below God's highest and best. And I'm a disciple, right? We're called to be disciples. So what does that mean? We're, we're supposed to look like Jesus. We're supposed to do the kind of things that Jesus did, act the way Jesus acted, say the kind of things that that Jesus said, and yet so often I myself find myself uh, missing the mark on that with my reactions. Am I the only one that deals with this? Does anybody else relate to me tonight? And so so the problem can arise out of this because it's not just the moment that gets hurt by the reaction, it's the future. See, most of the time, my reaction to a situation plays a bigger part in dictating my future related to that situation than the situation itself. I'm going to say that again a little differently because I want you to get it. The power of the circumstance in my life's future is more dependent on my reaction to it than the circumstance itself. I think that's up there. I'm going to say it another way. The power of the circumstance is determined by my reaction to the circumstance. 
Circumstances have power. You, you face stuff in your life, and there's a certain power just related to the circumstance. But, but how many of you know the circumstance can become a lot more powerful in your life if you have the wrong response to it, Amen. if your reaction is off related to it? But you can also diffuse the circumstance with the right reaction. So, so the circumstance is powerful, but my reaction is equally powerful. And so if we're going to be the people God has called us to be, if we're going to practice the way, look like Jesus, do what Jesus yeah. did, then we can't just be people that react to the way the world reacts. Amen. We can't be people that in a moment we just react out of fear, out of anger, out of, out of whatever it may be. Right. We can't be those kind of people. We have to learn how to bring this kind of stuff under control. So my question to you is, what, what, what kind of reaction are you dealing with? Where in your life are you falling short of the glory of God related to your reactions? Okay, so, so let me give you some examples here. I wrote some things down today as I was thinking about this, ways that we fall short in our reactions. Maybe for you, you have an escape reaction. When things start to get difficult, when things start to get hard, when things start to get busy, when you start to have stresses at work, complications in relationships, when this stuff rises up, you have an escape reaction and you try to just find something else to do to help you escape from that moment. Wow. Escape from it, whatever it may be. Disappointment, frustration, anger, whatever it may be, you just want to escape. And so maybe you run to something to find escape in it. Maybe you run to you know, overeating. Maybe you run to something like pornography. Maybe you run to, to just working really hard. I'll stay really busy in my occupation. And that's, that's kind of how I can escape having to deal with this thing that I'm, I'm dealing with right now. You bury yourself in this. Maybe you, maybe you bury yourself in a hobby. Like you get so into some hobby that it's now dictating not only everything that you think about all the time, but it's also starting to dictate the actual flow of your family. You're so, you're so into your hobby of golf that it's pulling you away from what really matters. Like we, we do this. People do it all the time. I deal with it all the time. Maybe you escape to shopping. Maybe you escape to something like drugs, something like alcohol. You're looking for a way to pull away from the moment and hide from the moment. So you have this reaction. I got I to gotta escape. I got to get away. Maybe you have a less than reaction in your life. You feel like you're, you're not quite as good as other people. Something in you rises up in certain moments of your life and you just feel inadequate. You feel like other people are better than you. Like they've got something to offer. They've got something to say. They're better than you. And so to kind of help yourself, you, you just kind of bury yourself. You hide yourself in this cocoon of your insecurity and you just kind of pull back and and, and a lot of times what you do is you just kind of go with the flow, whatever the flow may be, which can lead you into some trouble. Uh, maybe you have a, an angry reaction. You get angry. Stuff happens and you get mad and you fly off the handle and you say things and you do things and you throw things and you, you regret it. But you've also, like I think in the world we live in today, we, so many people just buy into that anger is just an emotion that some people have more than others. And so maybe you've even accepted that this reaction is just who you are and what you do. And, and so you're not even really working on it anymore. You just let it fly. Maybe, you know, some of these reactions, sometimes we, they're, they're hidden. Like some of this stuff I'm talking about, we, you can see it, you know it. But then there's hidden 
reactions like, like jealousy. Or somebody gets something that you like and you want and you want it. And, and you don't understand why they got it and why you didn't. And you covet what they have and, and it gets really ugly when you start to like covet it to the point that you want it and you don't want them to have it. And if you could, if you could, you'd take it from them. You're jealous. It's a reaction. They've got something I don't want. It's not fair. It's a reaction. It's not fair. Why do they have it and I don't? Maybe you have a fearful reaction. You find yourself in fear all the time. Stuff pops up and it's like worst case scenario. You get a headache and it's a, it's a tumor. You get a pain in your, in your body and you just are terrified of what it could be. You're always worried about if you have enough money. Finances are not where they should be. We need more. You're, you're concerned with what's going to happen to your kids, what's going to happen in our government, what's going to happen in the economy, what's going to happen with... Co- it's, it's a reaction. It just rises up inside of you and it dominates you. And, what you, and, and how we, we try to deal with it is we become control freaks. We think if I can just control the situation enough, I can bring, if I can bring this under my form of control, then I can deal with it and I won't have this, this feeling in me, this reaction in me. Of, of fear. I, I don't know what your situation is. I don't, maybe I hit specifically on the thing you're dealing with. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. But I do know this. If you have a reaction that seems to be dominating your life and doing damage to the image of Jesus being able to be displayed in your life, the question you need to ask yourself is, what's the action that's leading to the reaction? Is there something more that maybe has never been dealt with that needs to be dealt with. Have you guys ever seen a chain reaction before of like dominoes? You guys ever seen these before? Like where they take a bunch of dominoes and they line them up and they meticulously line them up, you know, where they're all in a certain order and you you hit one domino and when you do, it causes all the the dominoes after it. There's a chain reaction that takes place and it it knocks over all the rest of the dominoes. One time when I was a kid, I, I, I built a little chain reaction. I didn't have dominoes. Um, I had VHS tapes. <laughs> so I got, I got a bunch of these VHS tapes, and I remember lining them up. I don't know how old I was. I was pretty little. And I lined them all up, and I was thinking, this is going to be epic. And I remember I spent, you know, what feel, when, when you're like eight, it feels like I spent like three hours on this. It was probably 20 minutes. But I set all these videotapes up, every VHS in our house, got it all set up. And, uh, and then I'm thinking, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to test this out on mom because she's, you know, she'll shoot straight with me. So I remember going in and get my mom and be like, hey, mom, you're going to want to see this. <laughs> Come on in here. Check this out. To which I'm sure she's just going, oh, my gosh, walks into our living room and there's just videotapes all over the place. Some of you are going, what's a videotape? It's a brick that we used to watch movies on. So I'm like, okay, mom, check this out. I go over to the first tape, Dumbo, and I whack Dumbo, and then the chain reaction begins, and it's, boop, over. It's like two seconds. And I remember, and it knocked them all over. It worked. It just didn't take very long. It was going to be way more epic in my little mind. And I remember looking at my mom, and she was like, you know how moms are. That was good, Joshua. <laughs> That was really neat. And then she left. And I remember thinking, that wasn't neat. That was lame. 
my chain reaction was lame. And I think I just walked off, left everything out. I'm sure my dad came home later and was like, what in the world? But there are these chain reactions that can be fairly impressive. Like I read this week, uh, the largest chain reaction in history was 15,254 dominoes. It took two days to set up and five minutes to knock over. That's the thing about a chain. It takes a lot of time to build it, but man, it can go off really quick. Remember that. Now, I tell you that because this week, as I went to the Lord in prayer and God gave me this idea for this, for this message, Renewed Reaction, he said something to me as I was studying. He said, there are people in the service that have chained reactions. You have chained reactions. If you're taking notes, write that down. Chained with a D. Chained reactions. You have reactions. Okay. I don't know if that was an angry moment or just not had to go. Really got to go. We can be a little bit more loose at Box Conference. Am I being too loose? I get loose. I get loose. <laughs> I've done some stuff. I got to be careful. All right. You have reactions, chained reactions that are reflexive reactions that are chained or connected to a past event that's affecting your today. Something was said years ago. Something was done years ago. Something was seen a long time ago. Something was impressed on you a long time ago. A disappointment was experienced. And now, in that moment, a domino fell. And a path began to be built in your life. And now, there are moments when things happen. And in that moment, the dominoes fall and they fall quickly. And there's a quick reaction, a chain reaction, a reaction of fear, a reaction of depression, a reaction of lust, a reaction of fill in the blank. There's a reaction that takes place. You have a reaction. It's a chained reaction. It's connected to some moment somewhere in the past. And so the thing is, pinpointing the exact event is not the easiest thing in the world to do. And, and to be quite honest with you, I don't really think that that's the gospel message to just bury your head in the past, to try to figure out every problem you may have dealt with and where the root cause of your issue may be. I don't, I don't, I don't see that as a gospel message thing. I do believe this with all my heart. If there's something in your past that needs to be dealt with, the Holy Spirit can bring it to your remembrance. And I've experienced that. I have. I've had moments in my life where God was moving me ahead into a new season, but in order to get me into a new season, he had to deal with something that I was believing, a lie or something that was impressed on me in an old season, that in order for me to go to the new season, he had to deal with it. But it wasn't because I was looking for it. It's because the Holy Spirit is a good guide, and he wanted to help me go where he wanted to take me. So, so my assignment tonight is not to say, okay, let's dig into your past, specifically try to figure out the the moment in your life when something happened that's leading to the reaction of your life. I, I don't know what that specific landmark kind of negative moment was for you, but I do know there's a couple of landmarks that shape the actions of every person in this room that we need to understand. So here's the first one. The first one is an event that took place thousands of years ago in the Garden of Eden called the fall. When Adam and Eve sinned. And I don't know that we always fully understand what took place in the garden, what was lost in the garden. Like we think what was lost was a perfect garden. 
what was lost was a perfect, was perfect communion. In the moment of the fall, what, what happened is there was, a, there was a separation that took place. We were in that moment separated from our, our most important source of life, God. God is the source of life. And, and in the moment of sin, we were separated from Him. And out of that, we, we were now born into an environment. The world now became this environment, uh, an atmosphere of, of abuse and sabotage. Where we're very susceptible to the lies of the enemy and to things that can lead to these kind of reactions. Okay, so let me break this down for you a little bit. First thing you've got to understand is God is the source of life. God is the, the. Somebody say the. the. He is the source of life. Genesis 2.7 says this, Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and be, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature, a living being. It's, not to, it's talking about mankind. In that moment when God breathed in him, it was the breath of life. Life began and we're actually, all of us are still breathing of that same breath today. That breath has been passed down, and as you breathe in tonight, you are still working off that same breath of life that God breathed into Adam. Nehemiah 9.6 says that God gives life to all. Uh, Job 33.4 says God is the source of all life. Acts 17.28 says in Him, talking about God, we live and move and we have our being. So, So get this, God is the ultimate source of life. And the Bible makes it clear that sin separates us from God. It says it like this in Isaiah 59 too. It's the sins that have cut you off from God. Okay, so understand. If God is the ultimate source of life and sin separates you from God, then sin separates you from the ultimate source of life. And when you're separated from a source of life, you get desperate. Anything or anyone who gets separated from a major source of life in their life, when you're not getting what you should get, when you're not getting what you're supposed to get, you become desperate. Like, for example, um, I would never just eat old, moldy, nasty, gross food. Like, I wouldn't do that unless I was desperate. Like, if I'm full, I'm not interested in that. But if I'm starving... If I'm desperate because I'm not getting what I need, then I might consider eating some old, moldy, gross, nasty food. Not only like, so, so fullness helps to keep us from eating the wrong stuff normally. Uh, but fullness, it doesn't just keep us from eating stuff that's like poison. It also keeps us from eating stuff that's like junk. Like if, if Sarah and I were to go out to dinner and we go to downtown Oklahoma City. There's a restaurant called the Black Walnut that we really like. They have this big tomahawk chopped steak that's so good with roots. Why am I? T- I'm talking about this. We're fasting. That just hit me. I haven't thought. I've been. Re- I've been going over this rehearsal. It just hit me just now. Sorry, you guys are looking all angry on me. I haven't eaten either, so it's good. It's a good steak. Root vegetables, mac and cheese. Some of you know. Anybody been to Black Walnut before? A few of you. Yeah, it's so good. The Black Walnut cake. So if I eat all that stuff, some people getting mad, cursing the enemy. Get that flesh under control. What did Tondra teach you last night? I'm just helping you. Get it under control. All right. But if I eat that big meal and then I walk outside and some dude comes up to me with a coat on, he says, hey man, I got something you might be interested in. And he opens up his coat and he's got... 
Twinkies on one side, <laughs> sweet potatoes on the other. I'd be like, not interested, dude. I'm good. I'm full. Twinkies? Nope. Sweet potatoes? I hate them. I'm not into this. But, but if, I'm, if I'm starving, same dude comes up to me, Twinkies, I may be having myself a little sweet potato and Twinkie dinner. You following me? When you're desperate, you do stuff you wouldn't normally do when you're full. If you're dehydrated, like you would never drink nasty water. You can see junk in it. It smells funny and you wouldn't do that normally. But if you're dehydrated, you're desperate, you might do it. So, so we're all born into this world. And, 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 G, and God is our source. He's the source of life. And sin separates us from him. So we're cut off from him. So now we become, we're in this, this state of desperation. We, we read this verse uh, in our Being Transformed journal yesterday in John 1, talking about Jesus. It says, in him, in God, was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That word light means a combining together. So in other words, this light keeps us together. So in other words, apart from God, apart from the right connection with God, there's something in us that says we're not together as we should be. Something's missing. We may not know what it is. We may not be able to identify it. A lot of people in the world, they know something's missing. They don't know it's God, but something's missing. Something's off, and we're desperate. And because we're desperate, we're open to sabotage. So the enemy comes along, and he plays on our desires. And he, he tickles the fancy of the flesh and says, Hey, you, you're missing something. You're missing something, and, and you need to find it. And so he plays on our hungers. He plays on our hunger to have intimacy with God. You were designed and created to have intimacy, to have a close, personal relationship with God the Father. You were created to have that. But, but many of us don't. And since we don't, the enemy comes along and he says, Hey, you, you lack intimacy. So let me present some things to you, some, some sabotage images of intimacy that are actually poison. You don't know that. I'm not telling you that. But, but why don't you try this? Why don't you try being promiscuous sexually? Why don't you try this warped version of, of sexual expression? Why don't you try pornography? Why don't you try this? You need, you're lacking intimacy. Maybe you can, maybe you can find it here. We, we, we lack acceptance. See, God, God is a source of acceptance. God accepts you. He loves you. Jesus, today, God offers you his acceptance right now. That's a source. You're, you're supposed to be sourced in acceptance from God. But when you're not receiving of that, you look for acceptance somewhere else. And so we take steps towards things and look for acceptance in the world, acceptance through our actions, acceptance. We're, we're looking for this stuff in all the wrong places. You, you were designed to be connected to God, the Father, and to experience the love of God. God is love. And so you're cut off from him. And now you're cut off from love. And so now you're searching for love. You're looking for love. And, and, and so the enemy plays on this. And he presents moments and things in, to, to you that can warp your perspective of love. That can, that can cause you to see love the wrong way. People who were supposed to love you. Maybe some of you, this is what you've experienced. People who were supposed to love you didn't love you. They took advantage of you. They abused you. 
They hurt you. And so now you have this warped perspective. And now from all of this, there's these, these reactions, chained reactions, reactions connected to moments where the enemy has stolen from you and sabotaged you and poisoned you. And, and now you're living from that. And at the heart of all of this chain reaction stuff, listen, at the heart of all of it is this. We're not connected to the source of life like we should be. We're not connected to God like we should be. And because we're not connected to God the right way, chain reactions. The wrong reactions come out of our life all the time. But there's good news. There's another landmark event that took place. It's called the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus came. And he died on the cross. And one of the main reasons why he came was to set you free. To break chains off of you. Let me, let me show you some verses on this. Luke 4.18. Jesus talking about himself. Why he's here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. To the, the good news to the poor. He has sent me, look at this, to proclaim that captives will be released. Now this is before the cross. Now captives are released. You can be released. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It's done. Why do you do it? For freedom's sake. Because he wants you free. He sets you free because he wants you free. Psalm 107, talking about the work of God, the work of Jesus says, He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and broke away their, say it with me, chains. You don't have to have chained reactions. You don't have to. You can be free. Jesus came. He died on the cross to break your chains. But, but not just that. He came to reconnect you to God. To reconnect you to the source of life. Because see, it'd be great if you broke your chains, but, but if you're not reconnected to the source like you should be, you're going to find a way to rechain yourself. So he dealt with the bigger issue and connected you to the source. 2 Corinthians 5.19, God was in Christ reconciling, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It's through Jesus that God reconnected you to God the Father. So, so this is exciting because that's available. You don't have to be a, a slave to chain reactions. But, but it's important that you understand if you're going to Move out of the, you can be saved, but if you're really going to experience the life God's called you to and break off these chains, it's not going to happen just because you choose to say, okay, sounds good, I'd like that, I'm a, I'll, I'll be a fan of, of God, I'll be a fan of Jesus, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow him some, I'll be, you know, some, I'll do that, you know, every once in a while when it's convenient, I ain't going to cut it. The power to move beyond your changed reactions comes from fully engaging with all Jesus offers and being a disciple of Jesus. Fully engaging with the fullness of what the cross made available to you and choosing to say, not my will, but yours be done. Practicing the way of Jesus, living a surrendered life, a sacrificial life, dying on your cross daily. Given it all. So there's a great example of this in Scripture that points to the power that the cross can be in your life that we see in the life of Peter. You guys remember Peter, right? Peter's an interesting case study because Peter was with Jesus pre-cross 
And then he was with Jesus after the cross. And if you look at the life of Peter, my goodness, what a difference the cross made. Because pre-cross, Peter had some reactions. And many of his reactions were bad reactions. Now listen, it's not because Peter's a bad guy. It's not because he doesn't want to do the right thing. He had, he had zeal. Oh my goodness, he had zeal. He wanted to do the right thing. He just couldn't do it. Because he didn't have what he needed to do it. But then the cross happens and it changes. But let me refresh you on Peter a little bit. You remember Peter. He's a guy, one occasion he walks on water. Walks on water. That's a, that's a good moment. That's an epic day. Two people have done that in human history. Jesus, Son of God, Peter. So that's pretty cool. You know? But, but then he had a reaction. In the middle of his miracle, he has a reaction. A reaction of fear. And it cost him. Look at this with me. Matthew 14, verse 30. Peter's walking on the water currently. Walking on water. Okay? But when he, Peter, saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. There's the reaction. And, began, and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Now think about this. Okay, so here's Peter. He's, he's a Talmud. He's a, he's a follower of his rabbi, Jesus. So if you're Talmud, you watch your rabbi and you try to do everything they do. You mimic them. You're walking close. I mean, you've, you've heard me preach this before. The, uh, a great compliment was the dust of your rabbi is on you. You are closely imaging them. So, so Peter sees Jesus walking on water and he's like, hey, Jesus, can I get in on this? Like, is this, a, is this like a son of God thing or is this like, and Jesus is like, let's go. And so, so he steps out of the boat and he's walking on water, walking on water. And then he saw the wind, which you don't see wind, but he saw wind somehow. And he saw that it was boisterous. You know what boisterous means? Gusty. There was a gusty wind. A little gusty. We live in Oklahoma. It gets a little gusty sometimes. Got a little gusty. And the gustiness of the wind forces his eyes off of Jesus onto the circumstances, and he begins to sink. I was thinking about this this week. It's so crazy because he's walking on water. Like, what? the wind has... Boy, gusty wind? Like, what is he starting to think? Like, oh man, I better, this wind is gusty. I better stabilize myself a little bit better on the water I'm walking on. <laughs> Set my feet a little better on the water. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. But he took his eyes off. Gee, reaction. Reaction. Wrong reaction. Wrong reaction. A little bit later, uh, in Matthew 16, there's another occasion. Jesus asked his disciples a question. Look at this, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, the, the, that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. You ever notice in the Old Testament, they're always just trying to figure out if somebody is somebody else? It's funny. Some say you're... You know, you don't ever meet somebody and you're like, who do I say I am? Well, you might be, you know, some old, pre I don't know. Anyway. 
keeping it loose. Verse 15, he, Jesus, said to them, but who do you say I am? It's a good question. Who do, you, who, who do you say Jesus is? Simon Peter answered, oh boy, here we go. Peter, speaking up, goes for it, said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. I read this this week, and I wonder, if there, I wonder what the pause was like after that. You ever said something that you're kind of like, you say it, and then you're looking at somebody like, was that right? I wonder, I wonder how long Jesus let that sit there. He was gone. You're right, Peter. <laughs> Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood. Look at this. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. He got a revelation from God in that moment. He, he hears from God and he speaks what God said. He's being prophetic. He's speaking... For God, on God's behalf here. So, so Peter nailed it. Great moment. Three verses later. Three verses later. Three verses later. Jesus is talking about the cross and how he's got to go to the cross. Look at this with me. This is, this is so funny. Then Peter took him aside, Jesus, and began to rebuke him. Jesus, saying, far be it from you, Lord, that this should shall not happen to you. So, so Jesus is talking about the cross and Peter's like, hey Jesus, come here. Listen, it's me. You remember me three verses ago? Pretty, you know, I got a revelation here that I'm not sure you fully get. You shouldn't be saying, like this, this death stuff. Not a, good, not a good look. People aren't going to get it. I don't get it. I'd shut that down. I would shut that noise down, Jesus. Jesus doesn't say, blessed are you here. Nope. Different, different answer. But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Bad reaction. Wrong reaction. A reaction of pride. Well, I got it right last time. I'll get it right this time. I know better. Pride. Jesus goes, no. Slow your roll, Peter. Calm down. And Jesus says, he says, get behind me, Satan. In other words, he says, hey, you're, this noise coming out of you is coming from the enemy, and I ain't going to listen to it. <laughs> Matthew 26, uh, Jesus is about to go to the cross. Matthew 26 is really amazing because this is where you see Peter just go off the rails with bad reactions over and over again. And Jesus is letting him know, I'm, I'm going to the cross, it's coming. And he lets him know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you guys are going to abandon me. And he's not saying it to be mean to him. He's not like he's saying it because he loves him. And he's, he's setting them up to understand, hey, I know that you're not going to be able to go all the way with me, but I still love you. I'm going to be with you and before you. So he says this, verse 33, Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Notice how he puts it. If all are made to stumble because of you, not me. Hey, if, if not everybody else gets it, these, these idiots, 
If if all these guys fall, I ain't. Jesus clarifies it a little bit better for him. Assuredly, I say to you that this night, this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Out of this moment, Jesus says, okay, you guys and Peter, you guys come with me. We're going to go over here, this garden. We need to pray. I'm under some intense pressure. They don't have any idea what's coming. He knows what's coming. And so he says, I want you guys to come with me. We're going to pray. And so they come with him. He goes off. He's praying under intense pressure, sweating blood. Comes back. Peter's asleep. Some Roman soldiers show up after this with with swords drawn, ready to take Jesus. He's been betrayed in this moment. Peter in this moment reacts in anger, in fear. He pulls out his sword and he chops off a dude's ear. An ear. I was thinking about that today. What kind of move did he do? To, like he chopped off his ear, but didn't hit his shoulder. Like how did he do it? That was a weak attempt. But he chops off his ear. So, so then Jesus rebukes him, picks up the ear, heals the guy. Wrong reaction, right? So then the disciples, they all do what Jesus said they're going to do. They all abandon him. They all flee. Peter flees, but he's, he's close enough to see what's going on because he loves Jesus. He really does. He wants to do good. He just, wrong reactions, right? So he's watching at a distance. And it says this in Matthew 26, 69. Now Peter set aside outside in the courtyard. Jesus is on trial. And a servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you were saying. One. And when he had gone out into the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus in Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said, Peter, surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and he wept bitterly. Why? Because he wanted to do what was right. He just couldn't do it. Some of you. I'm emotional because I've been there. I've been there. You want to do what's right. You just can't seem to muster it up in yourself. You can't seem to do it then something happens. Jesus dies on that cross and he's resurrected. And Peter receives of the work of the cross and he becomes who Jesus said he would become. No longer does his life look like shifting sand. He becomes the rock, Peter. And incredible works begin to pour out of his life. In Acts 1, he becomes the leader of the disciples. 
in Acts chapter 2 after some people make fun of him and the disciples and say they're drunk and accuse them of, of being drunk. The old Peter may have reacted and, and went off the handle, but the new Peter doesn't react crazy. He gets up and gives this eloquent message of the gospel and 3,000 people are converted in one moment. In Acts 3, Peter uh, heals a man who has been, who's been lame since birth. In Acts chapter 9, Peter lays his hands on a dead girl and she comes back to life. In Acts 10, Peter sh shares the message of Jesus to the first Gentile, the first non-Jew. Peter's the guy. In Acts 12, he is escorted out of prison by an angel. And at the end of his life, has the ability and the power to not deny Jesus anymore, but to go to a cross and be hung upside down because he does not feel he deserves to die in the same manner as his Savior. Wow, good Lord. Unbelievable, right? Peter goes from being a man of wrong reaction, a man who is tied and chained to his reactions, to a man of renewed reaction. Renewed through the cross of Jesus Christ. So what was the key to him becoming a man of renewed reaction? Well, first of all, let me give you five things. He had training. He had training. He was with Jesus for three years. And he was with him all the time. And he followed him closely. And he paid attention. And he listened to everything he had to say. And he was building his life on, looking as much like him as he possibly can. He was going after him with everything he had. If you're going to renew your reactions, you're going to have to pursue Jesus. You're going to have to pursue Him in His Word. You're going to have to go after Him to image Him in this world. So that's what He said to do. To be a disciple. Chase after Him with everything you've got. The second thing is, He received salvation. After Jesus is resurrected from the cross, Jesus actually makes a point to go and to meet with His disciples. And in that moment, He, he shows them his, the, the, the scars on His body. And he says, now receive of the Holy Spirit. And it's in this moment that they're not being baptized into the Holy Spirit. They're actually being baptized into salvation by the Holy Spirit. They're receiving salvation. This is the moment of conversion for them. When they go from death to life, he receives salvation. Now he's born again. His spirit is made new. He didn't have that when he was following Jesus before. Now he's got something new. He can live from a new place. He can stir something up because his connection with God is better than it's ever been before. Number three, he receives freedom. In John chapter 21, Jesus makes his way. It's, it's such a beautiful, I read it today, it's such a beautiful occasion where Jesus is cooking these fish and these guys are out there fishing and Peter's kind of abandoned his post. He's no longer working as a disciple. He's fishing again. And Jesus is, he sees these guys out there and he says, he actually, if you study it out, he, he yells for, to these guys. He's like, hey guys, are you hungry? And he calls them in. And then he pulls Peter aside and he starts to talk to him. And this is that occasion in scripture where, where, where Jesus goes, he asks him the question. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, then feed my lambs. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And then he gives Peter some, some wisdom and some direction for where his life is gonna go. And then he says something. He says, follow me. Here's what he did. At one point, he called him to follow him from the fishing. And he's, he's healing the, the moment because he knows that, that Peter is hung up on that. He, he, he did what Jesus said 
he would do, even though he said he wouldn't do it. And so there's, there's a, that, that hurts him. It bothers him. And Jesus says, hey, don't let that hang you up. I want to set you free from that. Just follow me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get back on task. I got something for you to do. He gives him freedom. Number four, he receives an assignment. What's the assignment? It's the Great Commission. Go into all the world. A kingdom assignment. He gets a kingdom assignment. So now he's on a mission. So he's saved. He's, he's been trained in the ways of Jesus. He knows what Jesus would do. He's, he's saved. He knows what Jesus would do. He's free. He's got an assignment. But that's not the end of it. Number five, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The helper. The day of Pentecost, he receives the Holy Spirit. And he receives the one that Jesus said. Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit would come and he's going to be your helper. He's going to help you so much. He's going to build you up. How many of you need to be built up from time to time? That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He's going to lead you and guide you in all truth, all wisdom. He can show you the future, what's to come. The Holy Spirit. He's going to be just like me, Jesus says. He'll help you know what to say. He's going to walk with you. I'm not going to be here like I was, but, but the Holy Spirit will be with you. And, and, I'm even, and you're even going to have a, a prayer language now. So you can pray perfect prayers in perfect agreement and alignment with the Word and the will of God that move beyond what you don't know into the realm of what God knows. And so now, Peter is ready to go. Ready to go. So, uh, my question to you is this. Do you have some reactions in your life that need to be renewed? Where, where in here are you? Are you saved? If not, you need to receive salvation. You need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm going to go ahead and invite the band to come up at this time. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.